0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I am your host. My name is Steve Barber, and my stupendous co-host is Dwayne Davis. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, everybody.
1: Stupendous. That's good. Stupendous. That's a... Yes. <laughs>
0: and, and today we are going to be discussing the All Elite Wrestling All Out pay-per-view from last night, which was September 5th, 2021. And I'll tell you what, dude, that was one great pay-per-view. I managed to watch it today. And whoo. Uh, I'm
1: gonna check. I'm gonna try to check it out tonight. I had I did keep track of everything on Twitter, and it looked like a really great show. There's oh, a man. lot, lot of awesome stuff that went on.
0: Yeah, there was four debuts. There's a three that made like big headlines, but there was a fourth that didn't get as much uh, play. Right. And I think you may have known. I didn't actually didn't recognize the guy, but uh, you might. You know, he. I. It was a. Uh, Japanese gentleman he had uh, what I've read about him, I mean he's a um, long time wrestler too I mean he's he's uh, five years older yeah, than we are yeah
1: Minoru Suzuki yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've watched him in New Japan uh they like his nickname is the murder grandpa yeah. he is like <laughs> that he is by far the toughest mid-50s wrestler you'll ever find that that man is just I don't know how he's still going At the level that he's still performing at, I mean, he's Hmm. still performing at a main event level in his fifties, and not like a Goldberg main event level. I'm talking forty five minute classics with anybody he steps in the ring with, to from a seasoned veteran to a young up and comer.
0: I don't even think I could could walk for forty five minutes.
1: I know he's hanging. (laughs) I mean, he's he's. He's been the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Um, I know he's competed for the for the IWGP Heavyweight title, but I honestly don't know if he ever it or not. But I know he's he's been a main event guy for a long time,
0: and that him coming in and he actually gave uh, Moxley, you know, uh, his version of the pile driver. Yes, and and yes. they're going to be facing each other this Wednesday down in Cincinnati. And for some reason, I was thinking it was next Wednesday, so I didn't get any tickets, and so I'm probably not going to be able to go. Uh, <laughs> so because it's happening literally two days away from now, I'm like ah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you know, him and uh, him and Moxley have feuded over the uh, U.S. title in, in New Japan too when Moxley okay. held it. So they've got history. So that should be. That should be a hard-hitting match.
0: Oh, And we will get to that match and all of the other matches uh, here in a second. But first, I want to give our contact info. If you would like to email us, it's at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram at armchairbooking. You can find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. We're on YouTube. We're on um. Sorry, we're an Apple podcast, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw today, Dwayne, we are ranked number 10, 106 today.
1: I saw, I saw that. That's amazing.
0: Yep. So uh, to me, to be kind of lumped in with some of the other podcasts, because I can look around and say, okay, I've heard, of that one. I've heard of that one. I've heard of that one. And we're even ahead of Vince Russo's podcast today. Really? And yeah. So yeah, those rankings, they're actually, from what I can tell, they're actually done on a daily basis. But either way, yeah, we were ranked. And I was like, oh, wow, look at that. And... But you can find us on, like I said, Apple Music. Well, which along with that comes iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Spotify, iHeart Radio, uh, Google Play, and, um, of course, on Block Talk Radio. But last but not least, Duaylen, you know this. As of uh, Saturday, it's two days ago. We are now on TikTok, Armchair Wiki yep. Podcast yep. on TikTok. So we will be hopefully in the future uploading some videos there as well as YouTube because we may actually, whatever we load on one, we'll probably load on the other, especially going from TikTok to YouTube. Uh, So expect to see us there. And we were so fortunate yesterday to have who I referred to as a TikTok giant, you know, our friend Chris Honan from way back in the day. But he he gave us a lot of good insight on social media and his thoughts and how it does pertain to wrestling because Chris is also a longtime wrestling fan. And yeah, so that that was probably one of our best shows i think so far
1: i agree it was really great it was really great having him on the show and he absolutely gave a lot of good feedback
0: oh yeah i mean yeah he killed it and hey chris is, is just as funny as what he was yeah back in the day i mean he has not lost it that's for sure no nope. and and also before we move on i do have to give kind of a shout out i don't i don't want to say it's necessarily a commercial for her, but this Uh, This gentleman, he's actually local in my area, and his name is uh, Jerome, and he runs the House of Plastic Vintage Toys, Collectibles, and Candy. Plastic is spelled P-L-A-S-T-I-K instead of C. And he is located at 834 Ohio 125. That's Ohio uh, State Road 125, suite number 310 in Cincinnati. And yesterday, or I'm sorry, Saturday, when I was in his shop, I noticed he already has some AEW wrestlers. Cool. And, yeah. And I even asked him, I was like, Jerome, I said, you've already got AEW? He said, yeah. He said, some guy came in and and gave me his whole collection or sold him his whole collection. Yeah. I was like, wow. I mean, so the, some of these, you know, had just come out. But, but yeah, he has a lot of vintage wrestlers. He also has a ton of Funko Pops. And Joylon, I know that's right up your alley. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and every time we walk in, you know, he always – um He will always point out to at least my son. But in fact, yesterday or Saturday, he pointed out, you know, hey, we got some new 12-inch figures because my son was into collecting those when and but then Layton said, Well, I'm getting Funko Pops now. (laughs) And Jerome just kind of laughed. But yeah, great guy. And my wife actually went to went to school with him. And so that's actually how I met him, you know, and through this and through his shop. So if anybody in the Cincinnati area, if if you're looking to buy a lot of uh, vintage toys, collectibles, things like that. Uh, definitely go check out his shop and if you're into collecting the wrestling figures really go check out his shop so but all right so moving on to AEW all out that dude (laughs) like i was telling you earlier before we started recording i watched it and i was just amazed and immediately after because i mean i'll admit i watched on youtube because um, i did not buy it last night um because we were actually in the middle of doing our interview with chris and right you know maybe that's just our fault scheduling but we also schedule whenever we can get the interviews whenever the people are available yeah you know? so uh so not really anybody's fault but either way i was able to watch this immediately after uh the video that came up as they the suggested video was Watch culture wwe which you know we've also are established and i did should call it watch culture wrestling but he did his review of it simon miller and he gave it his ups and downs like he does all the other WWE and AEW events. And, and he gave every match an up. I have never seen that before.
1: I haven't either. No. And I've, I watched those after every, every pay-per-view and I've never seen him give every single match a thumbs up. So, I mean, it tells you how, how good AEW has gotten.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even some of the best pay-per-views out there you know there'll be at least one maybe two matches that he'll give it down just because it just was a down match and he doesn't rate them necessarily against each other i mean he rates the matches in kind of in a vacuum so it's like i'm gonna what? rate this match for the match itself and but the first match on the pay-per-view now there was a dark match because you had the best friends and um wheeler and jurassic express going against the hardy family office and the hybrid two you know, ten mag tag team match, and best friends and Wheeler and Jurassic Express won that. Now Marco's stunt was not involved in that match. The dude, I I swear, I think my son could probably beat him up. <laughs> you know, I mean, just look at him. Like, who's that kid? The kid's like two, yeah. three, and he's in there. But apparently, the dude is can just take a bump like it's nobody's business.
1: Oh, he really can. He. I mean, he's he's taking bumps from guys, and it's like I'm like, it's, it's some of those. It's kind of like. Some bumps Foley would take, and you're like, "Okay, that's it. He's not getting up from that."
0: Yeah, he's dead. You yeah, know, he's in a coma, uh, but yet he gets up because even he looks like even Ray Mysterio walk up to him and look down at him and go, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't I haven't seen that match. Hopefully, there is a video of it somewhere. But the first match they showed on the video that I watched was Miro and Eddie Kingston. And we'd seen some of the happenings leading up to this match, and I'm not going to repeat what Eddie Kingston said Friday night. It was that yeah. kind of it was it was kind of funny, but I mean, but it was kind of locker room <laughs> locker room yeah. language, yeah. but the best yeah. way to put it. Yeah, and Mirror. I mean, this was a good. it Started out good. I mean, you got to think anytime they're having a, a championship match as the first match. Sometimes you would think, wow, the, you know, somebody's getting kind of kind of crapped on a little bit. Uh, but not in this case because every match here was good. So to say this was the the least favorable match and, and as good as what it was, oh, my. Uh, Miro has definitely not lost a step. In fact, he may have gained some steps since he was known as Rusev. And and he won it by pinfall. Now, there was a little bit of low blows. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, you know, so he... Didn't end up winning it, but, I mean, there was – you might as well throw an asterisk on it. So, uh, but good match, and I hope you get to watch it. But one of the best things, have you seen his Twitter and Lana's Twitter since then? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have.
1: It is hilarious.
0: <laughs> and I showed them to my wife earlier. She just kind of rolled her.
1: <laughs> I'm glad Eddie Kingston – was getting got that kind of spotlight on a pay-per-view that man has been in this business for 20 years plus has made stars in other in other companies he has gotten people ready for the big dance so to speak guys that guys that are now in wwe or aew have benefited from working with eddie kingston and smaller promotions and Eddie Kingston is one of the best promos in wrestling and, uh, but a lot of people don't know that because he's always kind of been, you know, that underground guy. So unless you really follow him and where he's been, um, you don't really know how good a promo he is, but that guy, that guy can definitely talk people into the building.
0: And he can wrestle too.
1: He can wrestle too. He's, you know, he's, He's that prototypical brawler, but he, he is a lot more technical than he gets credit for.
0: Yeah, that was a really, really good match. Uh, Hard-hitting. I mean, also like you would expect, two big guys like that. Right. You know, but they were throwing good moves in there as well. Now, the next one, Moxley and Satoshi Kojima. This was another good one. And also a little brutal, because Moxley, I mean, he could throw some brutality into his matches. But this was actually one of the best wrestling matches I think I've seen Moxley do.
1: well he he I know he's capable of doing that, but a lot of times you know, his you know his bread and butter is you know ground and pound, smash him, but his opponent can also do the same thing and his opponent was also a former uh, world champion in New Japan and um has spent some time in ring of honor in the past and uh so he's he's got a world of experience and he's also a great technician but a very good brawler
0: yes which almost makes you think maybe he was slightly underutilized when he was with the company up north Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh
1: yeah a lot of guys well look at look at moxley what, look at how look at how the form you know John Moxley former Dean Ambrose, look mm-hmm. at how he's booked in AEW versus how he was booked, especially post Shield, in WWE, and then look at Rusev who at one time was the hottest thing, in WWE, and oh, he was. they dropped the ball on that. He's an AEW now as Miro and he is this is what he should have been. This is what they should have done with him in WWE.
0: Oh yeah. And and I was even watching something and because you know, once you start going down the rabbit hole watching wrestling videos on YouTube, you know, you're there oh, yeah. for a while.
1: You're there for a long while.
0: Yeah. And I I saw one of the videos and I I had not seen this before and it's it's well, it's about two weeks old, but I figured I would have seen it by now, but it was the 10 most emotional uh, wrestling programs like a raw or SmackDown or something like that. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, they were uh, number one, you know, obviously was, you know, Owen Hart, the show dedicated to him, you know, and, and this show um, along with making my allergies kind of act up, you know, one of the things they showed on there was when Roman Reigns announced, you know, he had leukemia. Yes. And, you know, of course, they showed afterwards. I and mean, you see Seth Rollins. I mean, his face, I mean, is just a mess from, you know, his tears. I mean, of course, one of his best friends, you know, is right. fighting a life-threatening disease. But do you remember what happened later on in that show? Like towards yes. the end? They had
1: him turn heel on Seth after they win the tag titles.
0: After they win the tag titles. Yeah. Made zero sense. Especially.
1: Zero. Uh, and and I don't. Then- Go ahead. The Vince had Dean doing, you know, promos, talking about, you know, talking about Roman's cancer, and he just got to the point where he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I just refuse because this is not anything to be turned into a wrestling promo."
0: Right. I mean, because you know that. Roman, obviously, you know, having leukemia, he probably had just found out like either like the day before or that morning. Oh, I'm sure. And so they had to change some of the plans right there on the spot. So that the angle with with John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, of course, turning heel at the very end of the show, they should have just stopped that right then and said, "Okay, we can't do that. Yeah, that's in bad taste, but they didn't. So and now Dean Ambrose turned into John Moxley and he's just tearing it up in AEW. Oh, yeah. And he's going to be tearing it up this this coming Wednesday night in the Fifth fifth Third Arena down in Cincinnati against Minoru Suzuki, which you would think they would wait to get on the next pay-per-view, but I guess they would. They just want to go ahead and and get into it now and and show, I guess, the beauty of these matches. Because if they've had a program before in New Japan, you know they know each other well. They know their chemistry. They know what they can do.
1: Yeah. Uh, One other thing about Dean Ambrose, I mean, John Moxley, uh, he is also the current uh, game changing game changer wrestling world champion. He right. showed up, showed up uh, like unannounced at the event the war games event they were having. Matt Cardona, he used to be Zack Ryder was the reigning champion he had beaten Nick Gage at the uh, the homecoming event and Moxley shows up as like the mystery opponent and beats him. And becomes the GCW World Champion, which sets up a match that they've been building to, which is John Moxley versus Nick Gage for the GCW World Title. Mm. More than likely, it will be a death match because
0: Nick Gage doesn't Nick know Gage. anything else.
1: Nick Gage doesn't know anything <laughs> else, and John Moxley is very comfortable in a death match. So,
0: yeah, and I think if you were to say Nick Gage, okay, he's winning a first blood match, you'd say, okay, I lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he walks in and they grab him in an arm lock and he'll just start squirting blood. Yeah. So, but yeah, but the, when Minoru uh, Suzuki actually showed up and his music hit and I had no idea who it was. I mean, I'll be honest with him, they showed up and and Moxie was like, no, no, and then he actually you could see him mouthing some f bombs. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> so. But I was like, "Who is this?" And but then Jim Ross, of course, was talk about him and and some of the things he said. He doesn't want me to see this guy, and, and it's like, "Oh, okay, this ought to be good then." And yeah. he got, you know, they got went got into a little. They were they were doing the no selling. Uh, and, you know, and then finally he got Moxley in that in that pile driver. I don't. It it almost looks like what Cesaro does. When he does that, that kind of a flapjack-looking move when he puts yeah one arm. the uh,
1: the Gotch neutralizer that actually is called I think it it has been called the Gotch pile Gotch, driver
0: that's right yeah I did see it labeled as that the Gotch pile driver I'm guessing it was a probably a Frank Gotch invention Mm-hmm. yep yep so okay that makes sense then and but yeah they got it set up so uh, I'm looking forward to watching that from my house <laughs> twenty five miles away but anyway oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, maybe 30. I mean, but yeah, that's how, dude, that's how close I am to Cincinnati. I mean, um, that's
1: crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, part of Cincinnati is in uh, Claremont County and my house is about two miles away from the Claremont County line. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah, that's how close we are. Uh, but the next match with Britt Baker and of course she's accompanied by Jamie Hader and, and rebel. hmm defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Chris Statlander, accompanied by Orange Cassidy, who showed more emotion than what he had ever shown ever before. And I thought this was, you know, a pretty good match, kind of... And well, I don't want to say, you know, kind of brutal for a women's match because any of the women's matches are actually more brutal than the men's matches. Yeah. But this one actually has a lot of hard-hitting stuff, a lot of good moves. And, of course, every time I look at Britt Baker, I'm thinking, would I want her working on my teeth? but i mean she's an actual dentist and that's why i think it's so funny with her her submission move the lockjaw where i I like it how she has the one arm pin back yeah but then she gets her in the mandible claw yeah and i'm like okay now that's a kind of a different twist
1: yeah yeah
0: and yeah go ahead
1: Brick Baker has just Man, she is just she reinvented herself from that typical white meat baby face that you know fans always fans always liked her. But man, she's just on a different level now. When she turned heel and just really started embracing that heel persona, it just it put her right where she needed to be.
0: I think they need to bring Kane in at some point and have him, or at least Glenn Jacobs, (laughs) have him in her corner. The original <laughs> evil dentist against the real evil dentist. Um, yeah. Now she did do one move, and we actually discussed this not too long ago. Her Pittsburgh Sunrise, I think, is what she calls it. It, it's almost like a Canadian destroyer. She had a uh, Statlander was over in the corner, and Britt, and she was bit over, and Britt jumped off like the second rope, even top rope, and came down, and. To where Statler's head was down between her legs just for a second, but then of course she bounced, and, and when she did, into like this this flipping pile driver. I mean, literally flipping flip a pile yeah. Drive.
1: That was actually a uh, that was a nod to Adam Cole because of course Adam Cole's her boyfriend, and right. Adam Cole does that. That's one of Adam Cole's signatures, and uh he when he uses it, it's called the Panama Sunrise because okay. he's built from being from Panama City Beach.
0: So okay. With her, they called it the Pittsburgh Sunrise.
1: Yeah, because he's used that since he's used that since Ring of Honor, actually since PWG, and then Ring of Honor. So he's used that for a while. So that was kind of a kind of a nod to him, her using her boyfriend's move.
0: And now, granted, it is a cool move to watch, but I'm also thinking I can't give it the full nod because your opponent has to help you do it. Yeah, you know, and so it to me it kind of loses points there, but if you accidentally crack their head into the skull, I mean, you have to be very precise with it, too. So that that part is impressive.
1: There's a lot of trust on both ends Yeah. with that type of move.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, the next match, the tag team championship, Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers. How much of this match do you think actually took place on the mat?
1: Oh, I say maybe
0: 20%. Yeah. You know, and of
1: course – these four guys are very comfortable in the air.
0: And, I mean and it was a cage match.
1: Yeah. And for anybody who has never seen Ray Phoenix wrestle, please do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and search Ray Phoenix and find everything you can find because that man is absolutely amazing.
0: Oh, the I I couldn't describe every single move they did in this match because, I mean, it was just nonstop. There was very little breaks. And, I mean, I give it to both teams. I mean, they both just went all out. Um, and seeing some of the very risky moves, and I don't remember, I think it may have been Phoenix who jumped off the top of the cage and did yes. a bo- body press on the other. I did,
1: I did see a clip of that on Twitter.
0: Now, seeing, I think it was Matt Jackson who brought out – um, that shoe with the thumbtacks and bow. oh yes, yeah, <laughs> the thumb tacks all over it. Yeah, yeah. I was looking, going, he got golf spikes. What's going on there? <laughs> and 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 then he licked it. I was like, okay. Um, you should probably cut your tongue to make it a little bit more believable, <laughs> but you know. But then I mean, he he was hitting. You know, the other guys. And then he got hit by it. You know, because that's the way it always works. And oh yeah. Uh, But a lot of good tag team moves, which, you know, we both appreciate that.
1: Yes. These are absolutely two of the best tag teams in the world. And you got a rarity in wrestling where you have two teams that are legitimate brothers. Yeah. Matt and Nick Jackson, Penta and Ray Phoenix.
0: And. Wow, yeah, this is one definitely a must-see match. Um, I will say that I think it went a little too long, uh, just because with them in the air, it does almost look like a circus act. But man, it was still fun to watch, and it was still a, yeah. just a great There's match.
1: Like, like I have no issue with the aerial stuff. Sometimes you know they can. Certain wrestlers would do a lot of aerial stuff. They can take it too far, but when the when you're like the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, when your moveset is this crisp Mm -hmm. then it's it's amazing to watch and you can just appreciate the the skill and athleticism it's not so much that they're yes they're high flying but they're still they're still telling a story they're not just doing spots just to do spots everything is telling a story of you know you know one team building to a point where you think they're going to take it. And of course the other team manages to come back at the very end. And it's just, they, I've seen both teams wrestle in ladder matches, falls count anywhere. It's always a great match.
0: And this one had a lot of near falls and not one of them was okay. You did your finishing move and they kicked out every single time. It was a save. And because right. it, it was it was tornado style rules, so there yeah. was no tagging in and out, right? Which is really the way tag team cage matches should probably go anyway. Yes, yeah.
1: because it would it, to me it's never made sense to have tags inside a cage,
0: right? And the luchas took this new tag team champs with the assisted pile driver on Nick, and uh, Matt Jackson was actually being held back from getting to him. And that was the only way they were able to pin him was. You know, you had to restrain the other guy. Right. And, you know, but yeah, another great match. And after that was the the women's casino battle Royale. I like this concept. I I realized, I mean, they can't do a Royal Rumble style. They can't have one person coming in at a time. Right. But the first time they did this was actually in Vegas, was it not? Yes. Yes. And so that's why they've retained the name, the casino battle Royale. They, they draw the deck of cards and they assign different folks like four uh, women or the four or five women. Okay, you're a diamond, you're a heart, you're a spade, you're yep. a club, mm-hmm. And then they have the Joker who was the very last person. And as they're coming in, you know, of course, they ended up being pretty, you know, pretty good. But then you know who the Joker was. Yes. Yep. Ruby, formerly known as Ruby Riot, but uh, Ruby Soho and the crowd popped pop pretty big for her.
1: Oh, they really did.
0: Yeah. And I I don't remember recall seeing her name in any of the recent press releases or rumors about her signing.
1: Uh, I haven't either. I've just I follow her on Twitter and she's had a lot of like little destination videos of like kind of like where is she going to end up? And I had a feeling it was going to be AEW because It's national television. It's you know, they're they're building their women's division, you know, and they've got a great champion at the head of that division. And if you're trying to get out there, which she, you know, she never won a title in WWE, which is ridiculous.
0: But yeah, she should have.
1: She should have. Uh, whether it been the NXT women's title, Raw or SmackDown women's title, she should have had one of them, if not all of them at some point. Um But she never got that in WWE, and I feel like AEW is going to give her that opportunity.
0: Oh, I can see it. And she will probably start out as a face because the crowd was cheering her. Yeah. You know, they're happy to see her because I think the crowd, and this is one of the things, as I was watching this, I was thinking somebody really needs to give Vince this memo. If you don't think the fans are going to respond to stuff, you aren't paying attention because – yeah they the fans you, you think the fans in aew don't know who the people are in WWE. they watch both products yes and so they knew that she was available and so when she came yep. in, yes and they liked her even though she was a heel in WWE, they still yeah. liked her character so they're happy to see her. yep and, and go ahead
1: her her, um, her name comes from there's a uh, song by Rancid called Ruby Soho.
0: Ah, okay, there we go.
1: She took the ruby from it when she came up with Ruby Riot for WWE. Of course WWE owns Ruby Riot, so she can't use right. that part of it. But the uh lead singer of Rancid suggested that she use the name Ruby Soho. He gave her permission to use their song title as her ring name, so that's where she got
0: it from. And you know that actually makes sense too because I mean, those tattoos on her, they're real. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, she is about that particular life where she's into, yeah. you know, like rancid and, and other bands like that. So yeah, I mean, it fits and makes her genuine. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, hopefully, AEW pays her enough where she can buy the other half of her trunks. You know, because she's still sporting, <laughs> one, you know, the one leg look. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've
1: always liked that look, though, because it kind of, you know, ev- everything about her look has always set her apart from everybody else. It was not it was never cookie cutter. She didn't look like every other female on the show. As soon as, you, as soon as she came out, you know, the hair, the makeup, the tattoos, the ring gear, everything just spoke to you as soon as you saw her. It just kind of it caught your eye and you were just like, okay, let's see what she's all about.
0: Yeah. And I think that may have been probably the reason why Vince never would put a title on her because she doesn't look like you know everybody. Probably, does. She doesn't have the uh,
1: yeah. She doesn't fit his mold of what a female wrestler should look like. And I, of course, I personally find that
0: ridiculous. But mm-hmm. it's like the principal choosing you know his favorites, like the president of the, the student body. He's going to choose a Charlotte yeah. Flair because she looks like ooh. You know she's Miss Athlete, rather, but yeah. everybody wants Ruby Riot to be the president. Exactly. You know, so. But yeah, that that uh, Battle Royals. I mean, sometimes it is kind of hard to judge them because, by their nature, you can't have too much action going on at the ring at the same time because you can't maneuver too Yeah.
1: Much. Yeah. Uh, AEW usually does when they do have this this type of battle royal they usually do it pretty well of keeping up with what's going on with the ring as well as who's coming out next they, they they found a good balance that i feel like WWE used to have with the Royal Rumble but now it's like they've gotten away from it like for example in 2016 when AJ Styles day de- AJ Styles debuted at the Rumble but the camera was on Roman's expression instead of being on the entrance when AJ comes out, things like that. And I feel like AEW does a good job of, we're going to show you what's going on in the ring, but we're going to also manage to show you who's coming out, especially the Joker, who is the mystery person.
0: Now that oddly enough uh, was actually one negative. I will say in this particular one, they actually didn't do a good job of showing the people coming out. Cause sometimes they would be focusing on the ring. Obviously, you see somebody jump in the ring. You're like, okay, well, who uh, so this time they actually kind of dropped the ball on that. But
1: usually, they're really good about that. But right. I mean
0: But one thing I think that the producers of WWE ought to take note of: one thing AEW does not do is jump the camera around whenever somebody gets body slammed.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the shaky cam thing is. I I don't. I guess somebody. I guess somebody in WWE watched. Uh, a couple of the taken movies and saw the shaky cam in that and <laughs> thought that's a good idea we're gonna use that for every shot.
0: Yeah and then next thing, they you know they're going, we're receiving reports that were causing people to have epileptic seizures. I don't know what it's, that's up a... Yeah. It's like Oh uh, you're making like, me uh you're making me throw up stop. Yeah it's like
1: I've never understood why they thought that they had to do that. It's like everybody understands that it's gonna hurt when you get slammed. You don't have mm-hmm. to shake the camera to you know accentuate that
0: and even in the cage match the cameras actually they um when at some points like all four men were trapped between one set of ropes in the cage and so the cameras were out there trying to get all of it at least trying to but they weren't shaking yeah. around and making us right uh, but yeah but so the battle role i mean it was good and of course ruby soho she won it and i think that was probably a a, a good fit because yeah you know she's i think um, but the next one, and this one I also had a lot of drama. This is like kind of that old school drama with Jericho and MGF, MJF. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, of course, Jericho, if he lost, he would be retiring from wrestling, which I honestly thought he would lose because he's about to go on tour with Fozzie.
1: See, that's what I thought too. Honestly, I think he should have lost because, I mean, MJF's, his heel work is fantastic. I have not seen this, le- as much as I love Roman Reigns' heel, heel work right now, MJF is like Roddy Piper level heel work right now. And that's as high as praise as I can give for a heel to yeah. be, you know, to be classic Roddy Piper heel level. MJF is doing everything right. And I think it would have made more sense for Jericho to lose to put it would it would have been that final stamp for m j f that he's the guy now
0: and well m j f did win for about a minute or so. They kind of pulled a dusty finish because when the referee kind of three Jericho had just gotten his leg up on the ropes and uh ref didn't see it other ref comes down hit his leg on the ropes what restart the match and then next thing you know Jericho has got the walls of Jericho or the lion tamer or the Boston crab yeah he got that on him and MJF almost touched the ropes and then Jericho dragged him to the center of the ring I'm like oh okay it's over
1: yeah it's and
0: done. yeah he tapped and uh, another good match because what these guys can put on good matches Jericho for somebody he's what 51 years old
1: 51 years old and the way he, I mean, the way he just reinvents himself and yes, he's, you know, he's 51 years old. Yes. He has slowed down from even when 10 years ago, of course he is, he's 51, (laughs) but for him to be able to reinvent himself and reinvent his move set to accommodate the fact that he has slowed down. You know, you've got a lot of guys his age that are still wrestling, that are still trying to do the moves that they were doing at full speed 10 years mm-hmm. ago, and they can't do it. Jericho realizes this and adjusts. Yeah. Like, now, instead of, you know, doing the, you know, the moon moonsault or different high-flying things, he's got the Judas effect. Spinning back elbow. Yeah, That's all you need. That's a knockout. That's, you know, that's a believable move that a guy his age would use instead of, you know, if he pulls out the high flying, you know, a high flying move sometimes that's okay. But it's just Jericho's moveset has just changed with every persona. And there's just no, there's, there will never be another Chris Jericho. He is just one of the best ever. He always says he's the best at what he does and, He's he's the best in the world at what he does. He is not lying. It's not just a catchphrase. He is absolutely one of the greatest ever oh, in yeah. all facets of wrestling.
0: And he pulled out a line salt during the match.
1: Did he really? Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, I've definitely got to watch this. <laughs> oh, time.
0: yeah. And ironically enough, and I think this was done and I, and some people don't like this. I actually do think it actually adds to the story. When MJF pinned him, he actually did the Judas effect on him. So he used Jericho's move on him. Yeah, to pin him.
1: Went ahead and let MJF win. That would have been you know the perfect cherry on top, you know, for
0: MJF. But during the match, uh, Jake Hager came out to stop the assault of who is it with MJF? Um, Manila, Wardlow. I, that one might've been him. Yeah. He came out. The, attack Jericho. He's yeah. He's a big dude.
1: Wardlow. Yeah.
0: Yep. And Jake Hager or Jack Swagger, whatever. Yeah. yeah. He, he came out and he hit him, headed him off and they were out there fighting. That's what distracted the referee. And so there was a, some sh- little bit of shenanigans going in. Got it. So
1: MJF didn't get, Jericho wins, but MJF didn't look bad in the loss. Uh,
0: exactly. You know, it, it was a really good match. In fact, like I said, I mean, all these matches were good. Every single one of them were good. Um, and the next one, and you know this one was going to be good just by seeing who's in it, CM Punk and Darby Allin. Absolutely. Oh, my absolutely. God, dude. I
1: knew. They- I've been waiting to see this match because I absolutely love Darby Allin. Of course, I'm a CM Punk fan. And his first first professional wrestling match in seven years, you know, he's got a lot to prove. You know, he's got, you know, whether he can still hang or not. He's – he flat out oh. said that on dynamite that he's like i want to know if i can still go
0: you wouldn't think that he had been out of the ring for 7 years during this really yeah because you do you remember when sting went against hogan at starcade 97 yes and it, you could see sting hadn't wrestled in a while but he had not he had been out of the ring for what a year maybe
1: a year and a half like it yeah. was like a 18 month build to the starcade <laughs>
0: And he was extremely rusty in that match. And you could tell he had not gone at it in a while. Punk, you couldn't tell. Oh, wow. I mean, him and and Darby Allen, dude, they put on a clinic. They really did. I mean, a lot of good chain mean, It reminded me – of it, and I'll I'll always go back to this. If they can remind me of a mid-Atlantic match, then I'm giving them a thumbs up.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep.
0: You know, they had a lot of – (laughs)
1: me, <laughs> if you can, if you can make me think of an old Mid Atlantic or Memphis or NWA match, yeah, yeah. You're, you're gold in my book because that's that's a high achievement right there.
0: And Darby Allen lost. Eventually, Punk hit him with the Go to Sleep. Now it was the second time he hit him with it, but the first time he hit him with it when Darby Allen went down, he also. Um, went out of the ring
1: oh okay oh
0: you know so so now we had to get him back in the ring eventually um right. but the psychology was great and the move said like i said i mean you, there's one of the a spot that you'll always see in a lot of rick flair's high profile matches where um somebody they'll get him in a um they're in front of him and he will kind of flip over them but he'll grab their legs but he's laying on top of them like back to their chest and he's pinning them but then they clasp around the chest and they bridge up yeah and then they turn around and try to get him in a backslide well punk did that in this you know uh darby allen went over there and punk was the one who bridged up and then spun around so i was like for somebody that hasn't wrestled in seven seven and a half years yeah, you know, and he was able to pull that off. I mean, it—the match itself is just phenomenal. Uh, like I said, I don't want to call it match of the night just because there were so many other good matches as well. I and mean, that—that's always that's a good thing when you can't say I can't call that the greatest match. Yeah, like every match was was good.
1: Right. I always like to see a show when when you don't have that clear cut match of the night. That means everybody's just you know everybody's firing and everybody's yeah. putting on you know good matches.
0: Ooh, uh, and but I will say because this was probably one of the more high-profile matches of the night. Uh, definitely, if you watch any of the match, uh, definitely go watch this one because I mean it is Punk his re- reappearance in there, his first time in the ring, and after the match, uh, Sting came in and and him and Punk they shook hands and then Punk helped Darby Allen up, you know. So they kind of left. Yeah, you know I mean, So it, it and and I know the whole story behind him and Darby Allen is because he caught it Darby Allen first, basically, you know, I'm going to start with you as far as wrestling. So that was the story in this match. And every single one of these matches had a, a believable story with them. Seeing yes. Punk's returning, I have to face somebody. I want it to be Darby Allen. Right. Uh, and you weren't going, okay. It wasn't something stupid. Like, well, they caught us shaving each other's backs.
1: Right. Yeah. It wasn't something <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, like you said, it was a legitimate, believable story.
0: Yeah, and the next match, even and this was a story that had really just come about, but it was Paul White against QT Marshall. Yeah, and the whole deal. QT Marshall has
1: been doing really good work here lately, especially when since he's turned heel, he has been he's he's been doing really good work.
0: And this this match was the shortest. I don't know if you've seen like the match times, but this one was like three and a half minutes. And, uh, I,
1: figured, I figured it wasn't going to go. Well. <laughs> oh.
0: um, this was, I mean, just call it what it is. It was the Let Me Up match after Punk and Allen and before the main event. Right. But but I'd say it was still good. I mean, it, it was a squash. I mean, um, uh, because Paul White, I can't call him Big Show anymore, but the Giant, yeah. Mr. I used to play in Wichita State. I mean, he got him in the corner and he ripped part of his shirt and he started chopping him. It's like, uh-huh. ooh, because uh, you, were, uh, you know the Giants' hands. I mean, they're like two catchers' mitts. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just yeah. Popled, like woo, oh. yeah. That <laughs> had to hurt, and then he got him with a choke slam, and it was done. And you know, but we knew the story because I mean, they had attacked him and and turned on him yeah. and made, it made him cry because Big Show. He you know he cries, yeah. And you know, so he was getting his revenge. And afterwards, he's like, all right, you know, see you later.
1: Yeah, I'm done.
0: Yep, I'm done, you know, and I mean, obviously not not a, um, not a great, great match because it was kind of more of a squash, but you still enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and it's, it served its purpose. Like you said, it was kind of that, that breather after the Punk and Allen match and before you get invested in the main event. It was kind of that, right. we're going to give you a <sighs> quick little show and then let you, let you catch your breath and then move on.
0: Right, because the next match... Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. Uh, Once again, I mean, there was a clinic going on here, and we knew the story behind the match going in, and they even talked about it. Kenny Omega had beaten nearly every, every superstar in AEW and had not lost many matches ever, but one of those losses was to Christian Cage.
1: Yep, Christian beat him for the Impact World title on Rampage.
0: Exactly, and of course, in Christian Cage walks out and he's he's got the Impact World title because he's the Impact World Champion. Exactly. And so, this is world championing as world champion. Now, they didn't call it title versus title, you know, I think that might have given it more, more intrigue.
1: Yeah, they didn't, yeah, they didn't. Um, I think they didn't do that because uh, Kenny Omega, like all of his, um, he's as far as his commitments to impact, he's done. So I think they didn't do the title for title thing because he's not on the books to go back to impact. So I guess they figure there wasn't any point in putting their belt on the line if he's not contractually obligated to go there. So
0: Okay. I mean that makes sense. And great match. And I'll tell you what, if you were to have Kenny Omega put a mask on, full of put a full body suit on so you couldn't tell anything about him and you just watched his wrestling moves, you would swear he was Japanese.
1: Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's where he, that's where he, the bulk of his career has been. And like is new Japan pro wrestling. I mean, he's won every title that there was to win in new Japan. He won from, I mean, and he started out as a junior heavyweight and he won the junior heavyweight title, the, uh, never open weight title. Um, uh, the uh, junior heavyweight tag team titles. He's been the intercontinental t- champion, the United States champion, and the world champion in New Japan.
0: And his style, because I was watching it going, man, he, he's throwing. Okay. Yeah. He definitely learned some stuff in Japan mm-hmm. because yeah. those moves uh, were like that real strong, the Japanese strong style moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I mean,
1: especially the knee strikes, like yes. those knee strikes are
0: man. Ooh. And I mean, if if you don't like a little bit of brutality in your wrestling, you probably would not like some of that style. Yeah. But to me, I mean, the the snug, strong style, I mean, looks more believable. And I've Makes always liked
1: more. it. You know, it, it it adds to that big fight feel. You've got a world title match, and then they're wrestling snug. It's like, man, we're in for a fight. Is what it you know what it feels like, and I'm just I'm really glad and I hope I I wish someone in WWE, one of the more protected wrestlers had enough nerve to rub in Vince McMahon's face. The fact that Christian Cage is wrestling main events on pay-per-view and television and is a current world champion in pro wrestling because Vince had written him off. Mm -hmm. Vince never liked him to begin with and had written him off when, you know, and then, you know, of course, Christian got released. And now look, it's like look at the work that he's doing, which is what he's always done, and just never got the credit for. Like I've I've always been a much bigger Christian fan than I was Edge. Nothing against Edge, but for me, Christian's the better all around wrestler.
0: And oh, I I definitely agree with that because Edge Edge is a lot of flash. I mean, Edge is good. You know, Edge yeah. can I mean he can go. But Christian always seemed to be the one who was well, more, more grounded. Yeah, and, and more, you know,
1: more grounded, more polished, and he didn't need all the flash to get it done. He could cut a great promo because I personally, Edge is always hit or miss with the promo work to me. But Christian has always been great at promos, especially when he left WWE and went to TNA and he did some of the best work of his career. There and it's like you can see it now, you know, in AEW.
0: And the move the moves that were just in here, once again, you know, I mean, just very, very brutal because like I said, I mean, um Omega was pulling out, you know, a lot of the Japanese Snook style moves, and he eventually he got the the pin with a one one winged angel from the top rope. Oh Yeah, because when he hit it, I was like, Oh, that had to hurt a lot. And he pinned him. I'm like, Yeah, he ain't kicking out of that.
1: And that's that's smart because, again, one they built the one wing angel up to be the finisher in AEW because no one is kicked out of the one wing angel, and to do it from the top rope and then have him pin Christian, it makes perfect sense because if Christian was to kick out of that move from the top rope, then it's like, well, that's your best move. What do you do after that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What no, else- it- important. Not only is it your best move, but you did it from the top rope.
1: Right. So if your best move amplified from the top rope can't put him away, what else have you got?
0: Right. Yeah, so the match ends, and then of course Don Callis comes out, him and his you know his jacket, and so do the young Bucks. Don Don Callis. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Pepto Bismol, you know, he comes out. (laughs) The young Bucks, good brothers, they come out. And they start laying a beating on Christian just because. Right. And then all of a sudden, Adam Cole's music hits. Boom, his debut. Crowd's cheering. And he comes out, looks like he's going to help Christian. And then he turns around and and he joins in with the beating. And so, you know, also now Adam Cole, who literally went from being a face to being a heel in the the span of about three minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it's so
1: good that he can make you cheer him and hate him in that three minute span.
0: Yes. And he basically was like, what you thought I'll I think, yeah. you, I'm you know, we're friends. What are you thinking? And exactly. And then you hear Flight of the Valkyries come on.
1: Yes, I I marked out. I showed I showed my daughter that and we were both like, This is awesome.
0: Yeah. And a slightly different version. I mean, you could hear it, you know. But the Valkyries, I imagine is probably in the public domain.
1: Yeah, I believe it's that old. Yeah, they kind of remixed it, but it was still it's still a really good sounding theme.
0: Oh yeah, and and of course the crowd just I think that was probably the biggest pop of the night. I think so. Uh, You know, Ruben riot was big. Adam Cole was bigger. Brian Danielson, formerly known as Daniel Bryan, was huge. Yeah. And he came out, and of course, he's helping fight everybody off. off. And then, in, in fact, um, uh, oh my God, I am losing. Um, Jurassic Express, they had already come out to try to help Christian anyway. And, but then they also got the beat down. Well, now everybody, right. you know, they, um, with Brian Danielson came in, all of a sudden, now everybody's re energized and they were to fight off all the baddies and they all celebrated in the rain. You know, but of course, Danielson is in there. You know, with his new haircut, his new top knot that he has in the top. I can't yeah. do that. I mean, even if I had enough hair to do it, I, I still don't think I'd be able to do it. <laughs> um, just not my thing. But, um, but that's how the the pay per view you know end up going off the air was. I mean, everybody just celebrating. He's in he, of course, doing yes and yes and do yeah. a couple of yes kicks to people. And uh, that's going to be some. Well, he's already got some people he's going to be in there with. And it's kind of funny. Him and Adam Cole are going to be probably going against each other. Yes. And, and here's one of the things, as I was thinking about this today, it's like, okay, what am I going to bring up? Adam Cole, of course, was one of the biggest in NXT.
1: Yep. Last Longest week. reigning champion in history.
0: Yep. Literally last week he was in yep. NXT yep. and still tearing it up. But of course, I mean, everybody knew his Mm -hmm. contract was over Daniel Bryan was in the main event of WrestleMania 118 days ago yep think about that I mean you know you're talking less than six months slightly less than six months ago he was at Mania part of the main event and now he's with their biggest competitor yep and you know, some of the other ones, if you look at them, you know, we've already mentioned Miro, we've mentioned John Moxley, um, mentioned, of course, Jericho. All these people who McMahon had, and then, of course, CM Punk, you know, who's been one of WWE's biggest stars ever, and now yeah. he's yeah. with the competition, and he is bad and determined he's going to stick it to the WWE. Does Vince McMahon not think they're a legitimate competition anymore? Because if he doesn't, he wasn't paying attention last night.
1: Exactly. And he will still I can guarantee Vince is still saying that they are not competition simply because of the global footprint that WWE has. But if you have that global footprint, that's great. But if your product doesn't isn't holding up across that footprint, then it's not doing you any good. And I've said this before this pay per view. AEW has positioned themselves as the number one company in pro wrestling. Oh, because absolutely. if people don't believe that, then look where people are going when they leave WWE. They are going to, you've got some people that are going to Impact. Impact has, a, has an open relationship with AEW. With AEW. Exactly. So you've got all these amazing, this amazing talent that you're just letting go. They're going to AEW. It's it's just like when people would leave WWF and go to WCW, and then before you knew it, WCW's winning the ratings eighty four weeks in a row because their product had gotten better. Mm-hmm. They built, you know, for a while. They're doing those eighty four weeks. WCW was doing just about everything right. You know, they had the NWO storyline. You had your cruiserweights. You had, uh, your mid, their mid card was good and, you know, they were firing on all cylinders. AEW is at that point with a lot less time on the books.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, know I've put this, this up before and just, I, but I can't stress it enough. AEW started two years ago. They immediately started at number two.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, exactly. it was like they immediately boom. took the number two spot the day the company was announced. Before we even knew what the roster was, they were number two and because then, you knew the potential that it had. You know, with who they already had on the books and who they were going to bring in,
0: and and the wild thing was, Impact. I mean, of course, we knew them as NWA TNA, and then just TNA, and then TNA Impact, and I just, I mean, what whatever their their evolution was they have been around for about 18 years now yes you know a little you know give or take
1: yeah they start yeah they started in 2002
0: all right ring of honor had been around just a few years after that weren't they
1: um i think honestly i think tna and ring of honor were around this about the same time
0: okay makes sense yeah um and and think about the people who went through both companies, you know, some started with the company and they went to the WWE or they, they went back and forth between the ring of honor and, mm-hmm. and, and impact. And so they've been around a while. They could have been bigger than what they are. AEW just slid right over the top of them. Yep. And some people say, well, they're using WWE cast offs. No, I wouldn't call them cast offs.
1: No, they're not cast offs. And it's, that's the business side of it why would you not hire talented performers to make your product better regardless of what company that they come from i mean if you've got a cm punk that's a free agent why are you why would you not cut him a check for him to wrestle for your company
0: right and cm punk didn't he start in ring of honor
1: yes he was, he actually he was in ring of honor which at one time had a working relationship with impact. So right. he was also on, you know, the early days of TNA. And then once that relationship ended, then he was, you know, he was on Ring of Honor full time. Yeah, he came through Ring of Honor and that's how he got discovered by WWE was his work in Ring of Honor.
0: And Daniel Bryan, wasn't he also in Ring of Honor?
1: Yes, sir. That and- Daniel Bryan, CM <laughs> Punk, Seth Rollins, he was Tyler yep. Black in Ring of Honor several you know several guys that they've had on their books AJ Styles at one point was was a Ring of Honor guy
0: man AJ Styles he's been everywhere
1: yeah but yeah it's like Ring of Honor has been almost a feeder system Samoa Joe another yeah. one you know has almost been a feeder system for them and it's like why would you not sign these guys you know where they came from you know where they went and the work they did there if they're if if they want to come to your company by all means i would absolutely sign every one of them that i could
0: yeah and cody rhodes who left wwe and went to ring of honor yes and he was i I don't want to really want to say disgruntled because he just he he didn't like the direction his character was going and he had renamed himself stardust in honor of his dad yeah because you know that was big dusty's uh nickname at times was um well, he already had his his stage name. Then he had a nickname for the stage name, <laughs> you know, Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> and when and actually, oddly enough, when Cody was Stardust, he was one of my son's favorite uh, wrestlers because of the gloves.
1: I liked, I liked Stardust. I liked it because Cody was always one of those guys that whatever you gave him, he always made it work. Yeah, he made, he made the the dashing Cody Rhodes character work. He made the psycho Cody Rhodes when he wore the the protective mask. He -hmm. made that work. He made Stardust work. But I can completely understand Stardust has got a ceiling Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to be stuck in that spot his entire career, which I think Vince was more than content to leave him as Stardust his entire run. And Cody wanted more for himself and you can't fault him for that.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but it was Stardust gold dusts brother stardust yeah, yeah. and leighton liked the gloves but remember he put on the gloves and yeah. Had that star, yeah. yeah and we i was going to get we were going to get him the gloves but then he left and so they weren't selling the gloves anymore right you know i might be able to find someone ebay or something but and then you know of course he left and they left on amicable terms i mean it wasn't you know he wasn't talking yeah, right he about to him.
1: Release and they they gave it to him
0: yeah so oh they like, all right no hard feelings we get it and he went to ring of honor and was blowing it up in ring of honor yep because he's Cody Rhodes. And I think Vince is forgetting that's Dusty Rhodes' son. Go Dust. is Dusty Rhodes' son. Exactly. I think they have a lot of wrestling in their head that they could be helping you with. And now, granted, I will say, I would have never suspected Cody would all of a sudden become this top executive of a brand new wrestling company that became Vince McMahon's top competition literally overnight. Right. You know, I, I don't think anybody really could have predicted that, but but he did it yep. and, and he took brandy with him and you know now of course now they're starting a family and, and took he, his brother too and then gold dust came on and yep. because we this right because gold dust which well dustin rhodes he also debuted on the very first pay-per-view they had yep mm-hmm. because they had their match against each other and and he said i want my brother back and yeah you no know, was a
1: have you seen that match
0: I haven't seen the entire match I've seen bits and pieces of it but I've heard it is just off the chain.
1: If you can find it you need to watch it. It is amazing and Dustin just, Rhodes is also, you know, 50 and mm-hmm. he is moving around that ring like he's 30. It and is them- just amazing oh. especially the journey we know that he's come with his, you know, his recovery with, mm-hmm. you know, drugs and alcohol and his his sobriety the issues he had getting there for him to be where he's at now is just I have so much respect for him.
0: Yeah. And, you know, his moveset, I mean, granted, being in his fifties, I mean his moveset isn't going to be like it was before. He's not going to be getting up throwing the drop kicks. I mean he's six foot six. So he's not going to be getting up in the air and throwing the drop kicks.
1: But he actually did.
0: But he shouldn't yeah. <laughs> That's well, the thing so we know
1: shouldn't he be, it, but he does. He actually and he actually pulled off a Canadian destroyer And it was impressive. He looked like a cruiserweight pulling off the Canadian Destroyer.
0: And so I'll tell you what, Vince needs to pay attention. Now, as wrestling fans, we love it. Because that means, you know, there's competition. That means, theoretically, the other companies will follow suit and start improving their product.
1: Yeah, and any other time, like even with the Monday Night Wars, both companies, you know, Up their game to compete with each other. And we got the best of both. But now it's like, Vince has been in this bubble for so long and he's been the only game in town since 2001 when he bought WCW that I think he honestly believes that he's untouchable and that nobody can beat him. But if he keeps releasing people and feeding the competition, it's going to come back to bite him and i think it's it's already starting to with the amount of growth that AEW has and the just the quality of their product not just this pay-per-view but week in and week out on television their hour of rampage is better than the 3 hours of monday night raw that we get every week their oh, 2 sure. hours of dynamite is better than the if you look at the combined tv for wwe you've got three hours of raw two hours of nxt two hours of smackdown you've got seven hours of tv a week and dynamite's two hours each week there are two hours of dynamite and one hour of rampage is better than wwe seven hours combined
0: and, and they've got full fan support behind them they're the fans the crowds are just absolutely rabid and yes cheering for every match and uh it's just been phenomenal and one of the things Vince may say well I've got the international market cornered Shahid Khan owns AW he yes. also he also owns Fulham football club over right, at, right outside London yeah who so he has an in on the net and the man was born in Pakistan you don't think exactly. he still has connections there I don't now granted I don't see them going to Pakistan doing a tour right you No, know, especially right now yeah you no know, it may get a little scary but he could still take them over to London just like that. He could actually take that, them instead of going to Wembley. He could take them to uh, the Fulham football club's uh, stadium.
1: And the thing is, while Vince thinks that he has this international market, it's really not as strong as it used to be. NXT UK, they do not promote it like they should.
0: I keep forgetting well, that about the wrestlers in NXT UK. Because yeah, they,
1: they, they went through and they gutted all of these – uk promotions scooped all their talent to build the nxt uk and then now it's just an afterthought and then they were going to do nxt japan they closed the doors on it this past week they they dissolved and they dissolved wwe japan because both with the pandemic and then with wwe's performance here lately you know they can't get that off the ground. So right. all this international, you know, this international, you know, this global footprint that he thinks he's got is actually shrinking on him while these other companies are building their own.
0: And think about this. I mentioned the show What Culture WWE, who did a review of AEW's pay per view. Where's Simon Miller from? The UK. The- exactly so yep. aws are they already have. they may not have done any tours over there yet but they do have a presence and they do have this relationship going on with uh, new japan as well so exactly they, they've got ends as soon as the pandemic is they've considered it safe enough we don't think anymore the delta echo foxtrot variants are going to show up anymore you know I mean, as soon as they say okay it's safe yep. go about about <laughs> get this back back on the roll And it's going to be even more competition for Vince or Triple H or whoever owns the company at the time, and whether it be NBC or Universal or whoever. And like I said, for wrestling fans, it'll be good. Yeah. For Vince, maybe not, because he just he doesn't want competition and he wants to be the only game. And it's like that's not healthy. That's not healthy for your business.
1: Even when the when they started the Attitude Era, they only did it because they were on the brink of going out of business. Mm-hmm. WCW was close to putting them out of business, so Vince's back was against the wall, so he had to get edgier and do, th- do different things to bring in new viewers and update yep. his product. Now, he's not trying to do that, and he's letting every other wrestling company from your From GCW to AEW, he's letting all these companies build and grow and get stronger. And for the industry, it's an amazing time to be a wrestling fan and to be a wrestler, unless you're in that bubble of WWE because you get told there's nothing else outside of it. So while they're going about their own little world over here everybody else is building and working together like they should in the first place like the old territory days everybody's Mm -hmm. working together to better the whole
0: product right and vince needs to remember this and i'll leave this as kind of a a closing note before we got to go vince look at what happened wcw it was not the attitude era that really killed them wcw they got arrogant they thought they were too big to fail Yep. And and then they failed and they failed hard yeah wwe is making those same mistakes they're they're repeating the same bad decisions that Mm -hmm. ncw did where they're giving people too big of a contract for very little work and then they're losing their top people who are getting disgruntled or they're getting fired because well we can't afford to pay you because we just paid this other guy and yes i do realize yeah they didn't like chris pointed out yesterday they did lose a lot of money because they weren't doing any live shows so they weren't getting their revenue you know but
1: but uh-huh. at the same time, they 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 made record profits last year
0: and All this stocks. year and their company.
1: Yep. Yeah. So it's like like I like I was telling Chris, I'll say this real quick because I know we got to go. But WWE was the only company that were releasing people. Yeah. You've got, I mean, Ring of Honor never let anybody go. Impact didn't let anybody go.
0: Not, not, for, financial not, for, Unless, financial not right. for financial
1: reasons. Not for financial reasons. Not for financial reasons. If somebody asked for their release, these companies did grant those releases. Right. But financially, they kept everybody on the books that wanted mm-hmm. to be in the books. So you can't tell me that Vince couldn't have done the same thing.
0: Exactly. And some people were, were let go because of personal conduct reasons. Right. You know, but that was onesie twosies, you know, amongst the entire industry. It wasn't like a big rash of people to drop. And there's rumors that they're about to drop some even more people. Yeah. You know, so.
1: They're going to keep dropping people from what I understand. The next thing is supposed to be a lot of NXT people that have been there for a long time could be on the chopping block next.
0: Which effort to muscle Champa? Yeah. 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 And I, and I, I really like him. I, I don't want him it. to go to the main roster, but I think he probably does he would get misused in the main roster. Maybe that's why he didn't want to go. Yep. But you know what? If he if he goes to AEW or impact Ring of Honor, it's gonna boost them.
1: Yep, he's another one, former Ring of Honor guy.
0: There you go. So we don't have anything planned for Thursday. Unless you think not of yet. something not yet, yep. but we uh, we managed to pull it through and, and we uh this kind of I don't want to say flying by the seat of our pants, but, you know, coming up with it on the fly, I think has actually worked pretty good. Even though we do have some things playing in the future, we know on certain dates, but, but those are in the future. Right. Yeah. You know, so, but in the meantime, this has been, I think another good episode. And if anybody has not watched the pay-per-view uh, you can actually find it on YouTube. I'm not going to give you the link, you know, because I don't feel like <laughs> getting, getting in trouble for that, but just go yeah, search exactly. it out on YouTube You can find it. You can also find, like Dwellyn said, a lot of highlight videos. You can find a lot of reaction videos to it. Uh, It's a really, really good pay-per-view, one of the best ones I've ever seen. And so I definitely suggest you go watch it. And until Thursday, my friend, I will see you. All right. God bless. All
1: right. God bless, man. Bye.